you want to turn to the book of 2 Corinthians. Again this morning for a scripture reading. You can turn to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And also you can mark that place and go back to Luke's gospel chapter 19. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And in Luke's gospel, chapter 13. I'm going to begin reading, if I may, Luke 19 and verse 13. Luke chapter 19 and verse 13 says this. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. This morning, I want you to think about that last part where it says, Occupy till I come. Now, the word occupy is really just a, another word in the Greek that you might translate it out and define it as do business. Do business. Now, I think we all can understand that there's good business that we do. But let me ask you this Is there such a thing as bad business? Or I'll even say this, is there such thing as a transaction or a trade? When I say business, it's talking about trading here. I can remember as a child sometimes I used to try to do it and I had it done where you would come out to the advantage of trading, whether it's for a card or whatever it is we want to trade for. Trading, it's always about trying to come out on top or try to come out better. And You know, I think about, our, our again, our country, and we think about... People talk about in discussion of how in a trend that we're currently in, it's about that there maybe maybe not the most ideal trading that's happening. And I get all those things and I understand that. But I'm not talking about your physical gain here this morning. I want to ask you about your spiritual gain. For let me read to you if I can, Second Corinthians chapter five and verse twenty one. Occupy till I come. Do business, trade. Listen to this trade. For he hath made him to be sin for us. Talking about Christ. Now you look at what he traded. He knew no sin, traded it for sin. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now I want you to notice and I want you to process for just a minute the 2 Corinthians chapter 5 there in that 21st verse that he has righteousness Christ does that he wants to give mankind. But let's go ahead and understand this this morning there's a lot of bad business that's happening to the souls of man even right now. There's bad business. In other words more important than their soul or the luxuries or maybe even the pleasures of this world. Folks, do not deceive yourself. There's a lot of things in this world that will do anything that they can to pull you away from your relationship with Christ. Be not deceived even if you're here this morning and you've never been saved by the grace of God. Do not be deceived. The, the devil in this world wants to keep you exactly where you are. Now we're going to read about this, this trading of talents and doing business in just a minute here in Luke chapter 19 if you kept that marked. But in Luke chapter 19 it talks about how God gave them something 
And what did they do with what God has given them? Let me ask you this. Do you believe that every person has a soul? Amen. Yes, we all have a soul. What occupies that soul? We hear so often, and I'm don't, don't leave here saying that preacher's against, you know, this these lovely relationships, but we talk about soulmates. Folks, the soul was meant to house the Spirit of God, not just the relationships of people. Now, what I mean by that is we can have all kinds of relationships with people in this world, but, folks, our soul was meant to house the Spirit of God. When I say that, I think about how many things and how many areas of our life does God allow, not a God allow, but do we allow the world to fill up our soul instead of the presence of God in our life? And Jesus said, occupy till I come. You know, this is preached, and I, and I, and I still believe in that. We're going to go this way in a minute, but if the Lord would allow. But it is about stewardship, and it is about growing. It is about prospering, but it's about trading. You see here today, I pray that every soul that is here today has traded a sinful soul for the righteousness of Christ. Remember what we read to you there in the very beginning. I'm going to go back and read that to you one more time. It says that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. You want to talk about a trade. You want to talk about what God gives us. You think about what you give God. You think about what God gives you. Folks, we are a blessed people. Here in Luke chapter 19, there's a lot of opposition to the one that's going to be a king. But yet he becomes king anyway. And the thing about that king is he says, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to come back. And there's going to be an accountability that's going to be upon you that I'm leaving here. Folks, let me ask you a question this morning. Do you believe in accountability? And I, I, I see it happen so often. I'm not trying to tie my personal life into the church life here. But you see, so often that people want to, to have a blame game. Or maybe a, a it's not my fault syndrome, we might even say. But folks, let me tell you, there is an accountability that we have to God. And there is not one person that's going to manipulate a situation to get us out of our accountability unto God. You can say, well, it's Adam's fault. If Adam hadn't sinned in the Garden of Eden, then we wouldn't be there. But you have a sinful nature about you, and you must make, use, let me use that phrase, good trade. You must trade your sinfulness for his righteousness. And here we see that the king is going to leave, and he says, but I am going to come back. And we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Let's go back to the um, 12th verse. Of Luke chapter 19. And he said therefore. A certain nobleman. Went into a far country. To receive for himself a kingdom. And to return. Well it talks about where he had gone. But when he was gone. These servants were given a responsibility. Folks Jesus left. We know that. We believe he ascended up into heaven. But when he said that, he said, I'm going to come again and you must do business. Or as we read here in this verse, occupy till I come. You must make trades. You must do business while I'm gone. For when I'm coming back, you better be a better person than what I'm leaving you. Let me ask you this. Anybody that gets saved and Jesus enters into their life, are they a better person or are they a worse person? Folks, I tell you, I believe it. you're a better person when you get to know Jesus. You're a better person when his word becomes applied to your life. It doesn't mean you're necessarily popular in the world, but it does mean that you are a better person. And remember what we read to you. It's not about our righteousness that we want to stand before God. It's about the righteousness of Jesus Christ. People are taught so often that their ways, that they should do good deeds, and that, that, that they can find favor with God. Folks, 
God has approved the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. My works compared to Jesus. Which one is God going to find favor in? We know that it's the work of Jesus. And here he tells him, he says, I want you to occupy till I come. For a certain nobleman, he said, went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. You see, these people that were in charge, these stewards or these servants, they were not just to sit around and twiddle their thumbs. They had to have some kind of an improvement. And what I mean by that is they had to be better than what they were when he left. You see, we're a, we're a sinful people. And we've got to be a better people. And it's not that we're wrong or we're downtrodden. It's just that our nature, who we are by how we are born, we're not good enough. And we need that righteousness of Jesus. And it says this, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Now, he gives them a responsibility, tells them where he's going. And he says, there's going to be a time that I'm gone. He doesn't tell them how long he's gone. It says he went into a far country and he says, and he says to receive himself a kingdom and to return, but there's not a time on when he's going to return. We, we, history teaches us so much about the Millerites and all these people that have predicted uh, all these Nostradamus type predictions. When's the Lord going to come back, folks? You can make predictions. You can calculate all these things up. You can change the calendar. You can do all the things you want to, but the truth is Jesus himself that no man knows the day nor the hour. Nobody does. You see today, you can predict and you can explain that, well, I've got this much time or I've got that much time or I'm expected to live this longer. But I want to tell you, folks, none of us are promised even the 12 o'clock hour that you and I are soon approaching. None of us are promised the 1130 hour that we've not even reached yet. We're not promised these things and we do not know what's going to happen nor when it's going to happen. All we know is, is when he comes back, are we a better person than what he left us? Are we saved? Do we have his righteousness given to us? Or even yet, if we are saved people, have we lived and have we taken care of what's God's and what's important to him? He says, and to return. But notice what he says in that 13th verse. He called his ten servants. I want you to notice who does the calling here today. You see, the one in charge is the one that does the calling. You and I today, none of us came into this church today and said, God, uh, this is what I'm going to do. We have to come in this morning saying, God, what do you want me to do? What's my job? What's my responsibility? What are my duties here today? And you know what? I can't answer for you what your duties are. I can't look at you and say, well, you need to do this in your life. I can't look at you and say, well, you need to do this in your life. Folks, today, when it comes to your soul, only God can call you and tell you what it is that you need to do. If a person's lost, only God can call you to repentance. If God has saved you, God can only call you into righteousness and worship and praise unto Him. And we're going to talk about some of those things in a minute. Only God can do those things. But if it says here that He called His ten servants... He tells them what to do and when to do it and how to do it, but he tells them that they've got to better. they got to, as we said, occupy till I come. And notice what he says. He says he delivered them ten pounds. Now, there is probably a lot of speculation about what he means by this, this weight that they have and, uh, and, and why some more and maybe some less. But the thing about it is every one of them had a responsibility. And that's what's important for every one of us. You know what? Every saved person, we have a responsibility. Every soul that roams this earth, there's a responsibility. And that's why he says, occupy till I come. 
You see, there's a, there's a promise of the foreshadowing of the coming of Jesus here. And that's why he said, occupy till I come. And we've got to be good stewards of what God's given us and what God has required of us to do. For notice what he says. Uh, he talks about, he says, um, in that last part of that 13th verse, and he said to them, occupy till I come. If you want to turn over, I know we didn't mark this place, but in Matthew chapter 25, we're going to see the same parable that is given there. Matthew chapter 25, let's ease over there for, for just a minute. Matthew 25, and notice what he says in the 21st verse. The Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. For thou hast been faithful over a few things, and I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. You see, these people that found joy in the Lord... They were faithful and they were, I don't want to say profitable, but what it is is that what they traded, what they occupied till I come, he goes on to say, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. You see, their prosperity comes from their faithfulness to God. You see today, how, how responding, how much responding are you going to give to God today? Is he going to give you something and say, well, I'm not going to change it. We are so afraid of coming out less that we don't want to surrender anything. I call this the, the coffee can syndrome. They don't want to put their money anywhere or do anything with it, so we kind of hide it because we don't want to do anything. And that's okay, let me say that. But we're never going to prosper. There's never going to be a growth, you might say, or a change. But listen to this for just a minute. There's a lot of people that's afraid that getting saved, that their life is going to be less. Let me, let me make something real clear to you this morning. There is nothing less or there is nothing worse than being lost without a hope in this world. And what I mean by that is, if, you're, if you've never been saved, the only thing you can do is grow or to, to be able to, uh, to, to gain with Him. And that's why He tells them that. He tells them there, um, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. So what are you occupying your life with? That, that's a very personal question. And if you want to answer it, feel free to do that. If you don't want to answer it, that's fine too. But of all these people that we read about here in Matthew chapter 25, same people we're reading about in Luke chapter 19, but he goes back in that 15th verse, he says, He gave one uh, five talents, another two, uh, and another one to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. You know, everything God gives us is, is prosperity in our life. And even though they were not all the same, they still had to, to grow in what they were given. But I'm asking this morning that personal question of, what are you doing with your life? Let's turn over to the book of Acts for just a minute. I am a believer this morning that we should support the work of the Lord. I believe that. Acts chapter 1, let's turn over and read for just a minute. I believe that we should support the work of the Lord here. In Acts chapter 1, let's skip down to about the 6th verse. When they were therefore, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But when the time is right, and you want to talk about growing here, you want to talk about, about, about supporting the work of the Lord, 
But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria unto the uttermost part of the earth. I believe that God has given us responsibility if we want to grow and we want to prosper, occupy till I come, if you will. The whole idea behind that is, Lord, are we doing something that gains for you? And that's what he says here. Uh, he talks about how that we receive the Holy Ghost and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and to Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. You see, we live in a time where it's easy or it's more commonly known as, what can you do for yourself? We have me time. We have me money. And we have things that we can do for ourselves. And don't get me wrong, I understand those things are important. But folks, there's nothing more important than the work of Jesus Christ. There's nothing more important that people can, can, can realize to occupy till I come is to be a witness, he said, uh, Witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. He says, you're going to be a witness for me. He said, you're not going to be just a witness in one place, but you're going to be a witness in all places. You're going to start here, but you're going to expand out. Let's, let's be honest about something, or, or let's ask ourselves this. I want to be honest. Maybe may be different for me than for you. Is it easy to be a witness in a church house on Sunday morning? When you're around Christian people, we can talk about Jesus because that's just what you do in the church. You talk about Jesus in Sunday school and Peter and James and John. We talk about all these biblical things in church. But does that mean this is the only place we should be a witness? Absolutely not. He says the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria. But you want to go a little further than that, he says, and unto the uttermost part of of the earth. Folks, we need, we need and we must be about our Father's business. Not on Sunday morning from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock. We need to be about our Father's business and occupy till I come, even when we walk out of those doors. I understand and I do believe this that there are some places it's easier to be a witness than others. But you know, I pray that we would not let the world influence us, but we might be an influence on the world. The world wants to say, why don't you just surrender? The world wants to, to say, why don't you give up? You remember what I said in the very beginning? The world wants to lure you in when we talk about trades. The world is saying, you, you can be a witness on Sunday morning, but let's stop it on Monday. Let's stop it on Friday nights and Saturday morning and Saturday night. And you can go back to be a witness again on Sunday morning, folks. We need to be a witness all the days of our life. Not just for a little while and not just in the easy places, but in the hardest places. Do you know when a candle shines its brightest? It's not, first of all, the, the lumens of a candle is the same whether it's noon and the sun shining or whether it's at the, the darkest hour right before dawn, folks. That candle is still the same amount of lumens. The difference is the environment it's in. You and I today, we, we don't always want to be in darkness, but you know, it's in that darkness that our light shines. I pray this morning that, that, that we're not going to say, our light's too bright, so let's put our candle under a bushel and let's, let's take it off and let it shine. You know, and I believe that God lets what desires that we let our light shine. 
You know, you're not going to cook anything on a candle. But I'll tell you this, it can overcome darkness. You know what? Darkness has never been able to overcome light, but light will always overcome darkness. Folks, good will always win, but you've got to let it win. You've got you to gotta improve. You've got to grow. You've got to prosper in the work of the Lord. Occupy till I come. No matter where it is you go, no matter what kind of circumstance and situation you're in, he says, you need to be witness to me. He says, first of all, in Jerusalem and all Judea, and he says, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Let's be honest this morning. Some circumstances are easier to praise the Lord in. When, we, when, when things are going good in our life and things are the way we want them, we want to say, thank you, Lord, that, that you blessed me the way you are. What about when you're going through the deepest valley you've ever been through? It's harder to say that. But, you know, I pray that we would realize is that, that this is the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in that, folks. There's storms that come through in our life, but it's the day the Lord hath made. There's sunshine in our life, but yet it's still the day the Lord hath made. And all these things, he said, you need to begin. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, he said, you need to, to be. He says, uh, witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I believe today that God desires that we might be supportive and prayerful about uh, the, the work of what He's done. You see today, I believe that prayer changes things in our life. Have you, have you exercised prayer in your life? I'm getting personal with you and I understand that. But what's the last time, what's the last thing that you prayed for? It, what's the last thing that we got real earnest about in our prayers? You know, the Bible teaches us that prayer is about entering into a closet. You know, we're not, we're not about praying to be heard of men. Uh, you know, well, we must be religious because we're praying for this, 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 and this. But it's about entering into a closet saying, God, what's your will for me in my life? Folks, if you're here and you've never been saved, I assure you, if you can get in a closet with the Lord, you're going to be changed. You're going to give your sinfulness. He'll give you His righteousness. And you see, your righteousness is what the world needs to see. The world's got enough hate in it. The world's got enough selfishness in it. The world's got enough jealousy and all these things that are out there. But those are things not beknownst to Christ. You see, we've got to be given those things of Him so that we can go out the world and say, it is possible to possess these things not on our own will, but by what Christ gives us. I want to tell you something, folks. Living the Christian life is not something you just walk out there and decide to do. You need help to do those things. We cannot do that. We can't just decide that we're going to do what's right. We need help, and that's why we need the Holy Spirit of God to be with us as we do these things. And as we pray, and as we begin to, to intercede and ask God to help us, I pray today that, that God would transform every one of our lives in a way that we might occupy till I come. What are you doing with your life? Are you, are you living a stagnant life and saying, Lord, I don't want to change it any? Or are you trying to grow in these things? For let me turn back to the uh, book of Hebrews, one of my favorite scriptures that I love to read, Hebrews chapter 10, and in verse 25 says this, Hebrews chapter 10, and skip down to about the 25th verse, tells us, not forsaking the, assembling, the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. People might not want to hear this, but I think it's true. A vote, let me, re let me rephrase that. Not going to church and being a part of church is like a vote saying, well, it doesn't matter if it closes their doors or not. And what I mean by that is, do we treat church like a spare tire? 
God, when things are not going good, I'm going to go to church and I'm going to praise you. You know what? I, I understand that our nature is, is that we do not want to turn to God until things are going wrong in our life. I pray that if you're up on that mountain of your life and things are going good, that you'll still praise Him and adore Him and, 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 and absolutely worship His holy name. For it is important for us to assemble together. Do you think there are people out there in the world today that would love to be in this assembly right here? This little portion of land right here in this little portion of the county, right here in this little uh, state and this little small speck in the globe here? Do you think there are people in the world that would love to be right here where you and I are? Absolutely would they would love to be here. And that's why we cannot forsake, he said, the assembling of ourselves together. We must be faithful to him. For I believe that if God desires for us to open the doors that we would come together and I believe that God would bless us with that. But if God's going to bless us, I'm going to turn over and read in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 for just a minute. If God's going to bless us, we have to realize that we have to occupy until our, He comes and we have to be found faithful stewards, which means a prosperity or a growth. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 2 says this, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Do you know what that means to be faithful? It just simply means someone can be trusted and they are reliable. Let's ponder that for just a minute. God, I trust you and I believe in you. But can God trust you? Can God trust you to be faithful that you're going to grow and you're going to do and you're going to live the life the way that you should? We hear it so often taught, well, God, I trust you, I believe in you. But what about God to you today? There is a, uh, a lot of nights I lay down. And I think, Lord, you entrusted me with a, a lot of things today that I probably didn't do the way that I should. There's a lot of Sundays when I leave church, I think, Lord, there's some things you entrusted me with, and I probably didn't say it the way that I should. But you know what? When I stand before God one of these days, I'm going to have to stand before Him and say, Lord, look at what I've done. I can simply go back to a time in my life and say, Lord, look at what your Spirit did in my life. Look at that time in my life when I sought after you. And you, Lord, you gave me peace for my trouble I was in. You gave me my unrighteousness. I gave you my unrighteousness. You gave me your righteousness. I thank God today that when we talk about a trade, I thank God today that when we talk about Jesus left holiness. He left righteousness. He left heaven, folks. And he came down to this earth. That's not an upgrade, that's a downgrade. But the reason that he came down here was for a purpose, not just to go sightseeing. He wasn't here just to see the, uh, the, 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 the wonders of the world, folks. He came with a purpose, and that was for you and for me. And you see, he did that so that we might leave a world of unholiness one of these days to go to a place called heaven. And you know what? That heaven's mine, folks. I don't, I don't question it. I don't, I don't doubt it. I don't deny it. Heaven is real, and I pray that we would occupy till I come. And you know what? I don't look up in that sky the way that I should, but I pray that we would open the blinds 
walk out in the yard and say, Lord, is this the day that you're going to come back? If so, I want to be found faithful to you. Lord, have mercy today. If you're here this morning and you've never been saved and this is the day that the Lord is going to see fit to come, are you ready for that day? What have you done with your soul while you're here on this earth? Have you grown? Have you prospered? Or maybe you've, you've traded it you know, people talk about selling their soul to the devil. How sad it is that people will sell their soul to all this evil that's going on in this world. In other words, they don't want God. They don't want religion. They don't want salvation experience. They want to, as we might say, live it up and enjoy life. You know what, folks? Uh, there's a lot of people that's going to live life, but they're going to also experience hell. Uh, and the reason is because they did not occupy. They didn't do good business. You know what, today, it, it doesn't take a lot to look at a person and say, they're not very good in business. Uh, the, 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 the numbers that they've got at the bottom are in the red, they're in the negative. Uh, you see, today, folks, my, my, my fear is you look around in this world and the sinfulness that's all around you. And I, I have to admit, sometimes I'm a little uh, uh, aggravated when I, when I just want to, Lord, I don't want to hear these things. I don't want to see these things. But you know what? The Lord puts us in this world, not that we would be quiet and mute and not that we would be silent but that we would occupy till he comes. And folks, I pray that when the Lord comes back, that we'll be faithful to him. For I'm going to read this verse in 2 Corinthians one more time. For I want, he says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Talking about the trade again. We want to talk about doing business. That we might be made the righteousness of God. There's not a period there, folks. In him. I do not want to be blunt, but I will be very straightforward with you. On your own, you cannot find favor with God that comes in Jesus. Folks, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. The world, raise the window, send out the, uh, the, the urgent alarm to everybody. They need Jesus. But you know, a lot of times people don't know they need oxygen until they're missing out on oxygen. But you know what? There's a lot of people that, that, that sometimes that they, they get to that point in their life, they realize they need him, but it's too late. You, that's why you have it with you when you need it. Uh, people that, that, that have medicines on them, they can't go get them. The reason they got it on their possession is because they need it. And when the need arises, it's there and it's available. The thing about it is, do you have that salvation experience that when the time comes and you leave this world that you're ready? Or is it one of those things you're going to say, Lord, Lord, wait just a minute. But he says, no. He called his ten servants. He delivered them ten pounds and said to them, Occupy till I've come. This morning, I believe God's given you something. It's a soul. He's given you a life. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to just go hide it? Or are you going to try to use it for him in his honor and glory? God bless you this morning. I want us to get a song this morning if we could. How are you occupying till he comes? What are you doing till he comes? Is your soul the way it was born? I pray that it's not. I pray that your soul is washed again in the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ. What a chance if you'll stand and sing the song that you've picked out then.